Thank you, John. Music ministry, good to see that great number of choir folks up there singing, and uh, grateful to see all of you today. Take your Bible. We're in Acts 28. We've been uh, preaching through the book of Acts. We've come to Sermon 54, 55, I can't remember, but we're marching through. We'll be finished here just early in September, and we come to those great last two verses of Acts. But today we begin in chapter 28. For those of you that have been with us, you've been reading and keeping up. For those of you that may be first time to be with us, let me just give you a little geographical background. You see a map pop up on the screen. Uh, Paul has been in prison, in prison, in prison, at trial, at trial, and he appealed uh, to Rome. And so he was in Caesarea when he made this appeal and was there in jail. And finally he set sail and they're on the ship, make their way to Sidon, across Cyprus, up to Myra and to Snidus, and then finally down to Crete. They are there for a while at Fair Havens. Paul told the folks on the ship, don't go. It's fall. It's October. Going to get in a mess. They wouldn't listen. So they set sail out of Fair Havens trying to get to Phoenix. And that next red line all the way to Malta is 14 days in a hurricane. It is rough. They finally jettison all the cargo. The ship breaks up. We find them uh, floating on boards and trying to come to the beach of this little island called Malta. 14 days. They are there in the storm. That's where we preached last week. So we finished up chapter 27. And we find them this morning in chapter 28, the first 15 verses, a message I've entitled, Courageous Living in a Pagan World. They're coming ashore. And they don't have a clue where they are. And we pick up the text in Acts 28 and verse number 1. You follow along because this is the word of our great God. And when they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. The natives showed us extraordinary kindness, for because of the rain that had set in and because of the cold, they kindled a fire and received us all. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself to his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, Undoubtedly, this man is a murderer. And though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. But they were expecting that he was about to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began to say, that he was a god. Now in the neighborhood of that place uh, were lands belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us courteously, courteously three days. It happened that the father of Publius was lying in bed afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery, and Paul went in to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. After this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and getting cured. They also honored us with many marks of respect. And when we were setting sail, they supplied us with all we needed. At the end of three months, we set sail on an Alexandrian uh, ship which had wintered at the island. 
which had the twin brothers for its figurehead. After we put in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. From there, we sailed around and arrived at Regium, and a day later, a south wind sprang up, and on the second day, we came to Petoli. There, we found some brethren and were invited to stay with them for seven days, and thus, we came to Rome, and the brethren when they heard about us, came from there as far as the market of Apius and three inns to meet us. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. The chapter that is before us in chapter 28 is key to understanding the process and the progress of the, of the gospel. Paul demonstrates living by faith in a faithless culture. Now get the picture. 276 people have been on this ship in a storm for 14 days and nights where they had not seen the sun or the stars. The ship's broken up. They had jettisoned all the cargo. They had lost all hope, chapter 27 says. But Paul had prophesied they would all come without the ship safely to the island. And they did. When they arrived at Malta, they were tired, wet, cold, hungry, and off course. They are disoriented. They don't know where they are. But they find themselves on this tiny little island that in the Second World War was the most bombed piece of land throughout the whole war. It was strategic as an air base, and it was bombed again and again and again. But here, 276 people, sailors, leaders, few preachers, and a boatload of prisoners have come to the island. And in this context, Paul demonstrates two vital disciplines of the Christian life. If you are a Christian today, you should demonstrate these vital disciplines. You should have in your life what was in Paul's life. And I want to challenge us about that for just a few moments this morning. First of all, the first vital discipline we see in Paul's life is that he loved the barbarians. The first discipline is to love the barbarians. You say, preacher, where in the world do you get the word barbarian? Well, it's in the text. You'll find it in verses 2 and 4. The New American Standard I'm reading from has the word native. But if you're reading the King James, they give this literal take of the word. When you see it in verse 2, the natives showed us extraordinary kindness. It is the word barbar. When you get to verse 4, the natives, again, the word barbar. The King James says in verse 2, the barbarous people. In verse 4, they call them barbarians. Now, when you think of a barbarian, you think of some guy with feathers on his head and war paint on his face and a spear about to throw it through your skull. That's not this word. A barbarian to these people was someone who did not speak Greek or Latin. They were barbarous in their tongue they could not understand them and when Paul would begin to speak all he could hear out of them was barbar 
barbar. And the word rolled over and became barbarian, barbarous. These were not people that were evil. They were just lost. They were people with a human look at God rather than a revelatory look at God from Scripture. They said about Paul, look at him. But snake bit him. He said, oh, he must be a demon. God's going to kill him. Then when he didn't die, he said, well, he must be a God. That's the way the world looks. When they see bad things, they think, hmm, God's got you, going to get you. He sees good things, God's going to bless. Not necessarily. Paul's been in prison all of this time. And he comes aboard, comes out of this ship and comes on the beach at Malta. And he is loving the barbarian. Now notice what happens to him. It's cold, they're wet, it's been raining. Paul picks up sticks, there's a viper in the, in the sticks and the snake bites him and attaches himself. Paul drops the sticks and the snake, the Bible says, is just hanging on his hand with his fangs in his hand. Paul shook it off, threw him in the fire. That's when the people said, well, watch him. This dude gonna swell up and die. But when he didn't swell and die, they said, wow, he must not be a murderer, he must be a god. Then Publius is there. He's the leading man of the island, the mayor, the governor, if you will. He's the richest guy here. But his father's sick. Paul goes and asks if he can come into the home, and they allow him to. And Paul prays for him, and God raises him up and heals him. Then other people from the island began to come and say, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. The man that they thought was going to be killed, now there's power. Pray for us. And he begins to pray, and people are made whole. Listen to me, friend. If you are a Christian, if you follow Christ, if you live your life under the banner of Jesus, you are called to love the barbarians around you. This church is called to love our people. They don't speak our language. They don't speak our language biblically. They don't speak our language about marriage. They don't speak our language about sex. They don't speak our language politically. They don't speak our language. But we are to be Christ come among them. Loving the barbarian. Love the lost. Be kind to the lost. Be truthful with them. And then pray for them. Do you notice that Paul is praying? He's praying for the sick. He's praying for the sick. And the others are coming and he's praying for them. Prayer has a way of reaching the soul. I go down to the Wahoos baseball from time to time. Keep tickets there. and I go for one reason. That's in the fifth inning. I get up and walk around. I just walk the perimeter of that little ballpark. Walking slow and saying hello. When they put your face on television, people get to know you. And when you get a face like this, they never forget you. (laughs) I have people who stop me and say hello, and I invite people to see church members and fellowship. This past Friday night, an individual stopped me and said, Pastor, 
would you pray for me? I said, I will. No, would you pray for me right now? And so we kind of stepped aside from the crowd, and I said, certainly, and that individual gave me their hand. I took it, and they told me what was going on, and we just had a prayer meeting at Wahoo Stadium. I prayed for the favor of God to rest on this friend of mine. I later sent that individual a text. How's it going? Hope you're well. And uh, just, friend, nobody is beyond your prayer life. This is not a person that lives for God and is a church person. This is a barbarian. Doesn't speak our language. Our job is to love and to reach and to share. We're to be Jesus in this culture. It's what he's called us to be. We must love the barbarous. Even when they don't speak our language. Our job is to be Jesus unto them. It's the first discipline that we see in Paul's life on Malta. But now there's a second thing that happens. Not only do we see the discipline to love the barbarian, secondly, we're to love the brethren. They stayed there three months. Then another Alexandrian ship picked them up, and and they were ready to go because he was not there to come to Malta. He was en route to Rome, and he's waiting, and now he's aboard the ship, and they've headed north to Syracuse. And after Syracuse, they're going to go a little farther, and then they're going to get on the Appian Way and make their way all the way to Rome. And the Bible says in verse 14, look at it, verse 14, there. There we found some brethren and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And thus we came to Rome. Verse 15, and the brethren, when they heard about us, they came from the market of Apius. And from three inns, they walked over 30 miles, they came. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and he took courage. Yeah, we're to love the barbarous. Oh, but we're to love the brothers and the sisters too. Those that name the name of Christ. Now, let me just say, there's some brothers that are easier to love than others. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Yeah, some folks you just want to say, oh, okay. (laughs) But some of us have been like that too. Amen. And we need love. We need some people to reach out. Paul was greatly encouraged by the brethren. Listen to me, church. Love one another. Uh, I'm on a time frame here. I got things to do. Love one another. Okay, that's a little better. Encourage one another. I had two deacons this morning. Well, lots of the deacons, of course, are here getting a Lord's Supper in there, helping thank God for these men. Oh, the encouragement. A gentleman saw me this morning and said, Pastor, I just want you to know, man, I'm grateful for it. And, and I said, yeah. But, and he said, no, 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 you're not hearing me. I want you to. And he began to drill down. I saw another. I was walking in the hall, and God took me by the hand. He wouldn't let go. And he pulled me up and said, Pastor, I just appreciate I need that. You need that. And friend, when it comes to encouragement, it's still more blessed to give than it is to receive. Just encourage and love the brethren. 
The Bible says that they were there how many days? Seven days. What they do for seven days? Well, I have three Bibles that are stacked on my desk. I keep them there. There's a little globe that I was given, metal, and right by this three Bibles. I have the first Bible I ever bought, which is my black leather Thompson chain reference King James Version, the first revival I ever preached. I preached from Sunday morning to Friday night. They gave me $50. And I took it and bought that Bible. I won't even, And I still have the price over in the front of it. It's torn, ripped because I left it on top of the car one night after preaching, drove off, and it hit the ground, and it busted, and, and, and kind of stuck it all back. But that's my first preaching Bible, and, and it's on my desk. And, and then there is another little Bible that's there. It's a New American Standard that I let someone borrow after they got saved. And they marked it all up. I mean, it's just marked through and through. And then they brought it back to me. And I keep it there to remind me to be sharing the Word of God with other people. That they're hungry, they need the word. Man that got saved sitting right over here two weeks ago came in. He was in a small group this morning. He couldn't stay because he had to go to work. He came by and saw me. He's going to be baptized soon. He said, Pastor, I've been in this book. Two weeks. And I said, Amen. And then there's a third Bible on that stack. It's a big, thick New American Standard. It's blue, given to me by my dear friend John Montgomery. John sold Bibles for the Zondervan Company, and every Bible that he got that was new, a new kind, he would give me one or mail me one or send me one. I always got one. I've given, I don't know how many Bibles John Montgomery's given me, and I gave most of them away. But this one I keep just to remember my friend. And, and I was, saw it this week, and I thought, I wonder what that Bible says about this text. I hadn't looked at it in a long time. I opened it up, and I went down to the footnote on verse 14 where it says they stayed seven days. And the footnote in that Zondervan Bible said, this is what they did for seven days and began to name. And it said, no doubt they took the Lord's Supper. I said, well, amen, that fits my sermon. Because we're going right... One of the fellowship factors is this table. We remember what Jesus did. And for seven days they loved the brethren. And when they came to him, he thanked God and took courage. A friend, you need to love the brothers. And the way you do that, I'm going to give you seven quick things I want you to see. Number one. If you're going to be the church, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. If you've never been saved, I invite you as soon as we finish this service, come right out here. I'll be standing in the foyer at the next steps place. You come right out there and we'll help you know Jesus. If you don't know him today, come and say yes to Jesus. If you're going to be part of the brotherhood, you must know Jesus. Amen. Secondly, be baptized. You saw this youngster baptized in the first service. We had a guy big taller than me, a big fella came and walking through the hallway this morning, a little girl came, looked up at me and said, I've come to see my daddy get baptized today. That made my day. I was ready to go home. I could have gone on. I knew what I was going to say. So I, I was ready to go. Friend, if you've trusted Jesus, but you've never been baptized, come see me out there today. Put your hand in my hand say, Pastor, I'm ready to do what God wants me to do. Obedience is baptism. It's the first step after you know him. If you're going to be part of the brethren, trust Jesus. Be baptized. Number three, make disciples. 
Encourage other people. Take the Word of God. Open it. Encourage. Read. Share. It's, it's what you need to do. Number four, be on mission. You don't have to go to Panama. You don't have to go to Puerto Rico or Romania. You go to public school, you're on mission. If you go to where you work, you're on mission. If you work at Olive Baptist Church, you're on mission. You'd be amazed what walks through this place. I've got a guy, I'm working on him. He drives a FedEx truck. He comes in here all the time. I just happened to be walking out the other day. And he said, hey, pastor, just came from your house. I dropped a box over there. I said, well, thank you. That's where I'd met him, on the road. I told him what was in that box. Yeah, I said, it was for me? He said, yeah. He said, your name on it. He said, that rarely happens. You usually got your wife's name on it. But it, uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, I understand. He said, but I dropped your box. I just keep plugging away. Keep plug- Friend, your own mission, wherever you go. Trust Jesus, be baptized, make disciples, be on mission. Number five, encourage one another. Just say a good word. Find somebody in this place today before you leave and encourage one another. Number six, never forget the cross. Never forget what Jesus did for us. That's why that cross is in the middle up there. So we'll never forget what Jesus did. Oh, we love him. Thank God for him. When they stretched him out, he died. Never forget the cross. That's why we're coming to this table today. And then number seven, always believe in resurrection power. There is no problem so large resurrection power can't touch it. It's what baptism means. We put you under the water, Jesus died. Then we raise, that's why we don't leave you in the poo. We don't just put you under there and walk off. Jesus died and was buried, but raised, hallelujah, in resurrection. Never forget resurrection power. Say, preacher, I'm so far. No, no, friend, nobody hears beyond the love of Jesus. He saved you today. He said, preacher, you don't know. I'm here today. He'd save you today. You call on his name, and he'd save you today. Never underestimate resurrection power so love the barbarian love the brethren we're going to move down here to this table we're going to remember for we remember we're going to ordain two deacons we had two of our deacons that We're called to other fields this year. We didn't know it, and they didn't know it, but now they're gone. We needed two men, and so we questioned this last week, and they're coming, and we're going to lay hands on them, and I've asked them to come kneel here, and their wife stand behind them, and so uh, I'll ask them to come, make their way right here. Sonny Urquhart is coming with his dear bride, and Alan Vinson is coming, and I'm going to ask them just to kneel right here, and then our deacon officers are coming and are going to lay hands on them and pray over them and ask the favor of God uh, to be on them today. Amen. And if you'll just kneel right here, Sonny, your wife, just stand behind you, and these guys are going to pray over you. That would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Amen and amen. You pray for these men.
Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I bring these two men before you, Alan and Sonny. And I pray, oh God, your favor. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and rest on them. Lord, as we set them apart as servants in the diakoneo, we give them unto you. And I pray, Lord, that they would be your man serving your church in this place. We give them to you and pray, Holy Spirit of God, you would come now. Touch them, fill them, anoint them, and make them, Father, adequate for the task of serving you and serving Olive. Help them love the barbarians and to love and serve the brethren. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen and amen. Bless you men and you ladies that are here with them. We love you. Thank God for you. And Brother Steve's got a quick uh, deacon ordination certificate to share with you. guys a hand. Let them know you love them. You pray for them. Amen. Amen. Now we come to the Lord's table and you see on the front, you know, in many churches they leave this table out all the time. We take it in and out. I call this the Russo table. Brother Jeff was here years ago as our pastor Russo Hall named after him. When we moved him, we found this table in his house. And I said, that belongs to the church. The bishop stole it. We're taking it back now. No, they had another, and he had it there. It was just a treasure to he and his wife. And they gave it. And we bring it out here every time we do the Lord's Supper. And we use this old table, and we do it what we do in remembrance of our Lord. Now, remember, this time is inspection time. Don't inspect others. Let the Spirit of God inspect you. And say, Lord, is there anything in my life I need to deal with today? Any sin? Anything against another? Just want to be clean. And when we pass these elements, you take and hold them. While you hold that bread, and then in a moment when you have that cup, you say, Lord, do an inspection of my soul and be clean and remember that if you confess he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness the Lord went to the cross and he was broken for us crushed they thrust those thorns in his scalp and spear in his side and Nails in his feet, his hands. They mocked him and spit on him and pulled his beard out. He died for you. 
the bread of life died. And when we take this bread today, we remember the sacrifice made for our sin. Gentlemen, let's serve the bride and remember. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Did you sing that? Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. I'll never how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to Sure. 
That night, in the same way, they took the cup and they shared it, remembering the blood that would be spilt. Thank God for the blood. It cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Take this cup, hold it, think and remember, and then we will take it together, all of us at one time. Gentlemen, come and serve the bride.
by faith I saw the stream thy flowing moon justified by the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Thank God for the blood, the blood of the perfect lamb slain at Calvary for us. He paid it all that we might inherit it all. Be grateful and drink all of it. Thank you, King Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you rise with me and let's make our confession. You'll see it on the screen. This we believe, and we remember it today. Share with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church of the living God, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. I keep in the front of my Bible that confession, and on the other side, Brother Reggie, I keep a picture. It's my earthly family. One of those is in glory, and every time I open that, I look at Dad's face, and I think, Oh, my. He's better off than everybody else in that picture. Amen. He has inherited what I one day will inherit. Dear friend, if you don't know the king, I beg you, come see me out here. You're going to be in this picture one of these days. Make sure you're ready and that you know him. 
If you're here and saved and need to join Olive Church, I just believe, God, there's some more that need to do it today. Come out there and see me right out there in the foyer at Next Steps. We'll, be, we'll talk to you, pray with you. If you need to be saved, amen. If you need baptism or you just move your membership, you've moved to town, we welcome you into this place.